unbelievable. Uh, it's been so long since we've been able to do this. God, just breathe it in. And, and to have this many unbelievable storytellers. I do a lot of these, and these were just, there wasn't a, a dud in the bunch. They were all so beautiful and moving and funny and, and humble and smart. So uh, so we're going to, like, decide the winner, and they get a fucking, you know, award or something. But I think we can kind of all agree, like, everybody who told the story was just sensational. Um, Therefore, do we have the winner now? The winner will compete in the Grand Slam, but I'm, I'm telling you, this was like Grand Slam quality uh, at a budget price, okay. So the winner for tonight, uh, among the many winners, is Sean Wellington. Congratulations. Why are you still single? I'm trying to think of all the women I know. Oh, there's all sorts of shit I didn't even put in that story that you don't want to know about. Hey there, and welcome to Grit, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story and the people that craft and tell them. Now, some weeks a storyteller will join me here on the podcast, tell one of their stories, and together we will break it down. Other weeks, we feature stories from our myriad events. And other weeks, like this week, we have a conversation with a storyteller about the art and the craft of the personal narrative story. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, but also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories. Grit stories. This week, I am joined by Johnny Papers, a.k.a. John Papernick. I met John in person up in Boston last week where I met a whole bunch of people in person for the first time. I went up there to tell a couple stories, one at the Moth, and you heard a little part of the very end of our evening there, at the top of this episode. And yes, I eked out a win. And also, stories from the stage. It was a great experience, mostly because of the people I met. I had a really good time, including me talking with John in his car. This is becoming a bit of a tradition, Sean talking with storytellers in their cars. Check the show notes for upcoming events and or workshops. If you want to help us out, let folks know about the podcast, share it on social media, and you can rate or review it on Apple Podcasts if that is where you listen. All right, Johnny Papers, let's dive in. I had a really good time tonight because, again, it's such a contrast to the literary community. What's wrong with the literary community? I just never community? felt like comfortable with them. I'm with Johnny Papers. Johnny Papers is driving. When I say Johnny Papers, Johnny Papers, I mean John Papernick. Yeah. Or Papernick. Papernick, yeah. He's from Canada. Yeah, he is. He's been living in Massachusetts for a while. He's Jewish, don't forget that. Jewish guy, smart guy, funny guy, nice guy, mostly. A- average sized. Slightly below average size. No, average size. Because average sized guys don't. But knows how to use it. Say it. Knows how to use they it. It wouldn't make a point of it. But. It is the point. Yes. Um, writer, teaches writing, among other things. Dabbled in storytelling for some time, and Johnny Papers, I didn't know him as that at the time, came on my radar right when we locked down. Soon after, I sort of did my thing. I was online a lot. We talked some, and uh, 
what I want to ask him about is his interest in storytelling with the understanding that here's what I know about it. He and I believe his wife had a show. When I say show, I mean an online show, sort of an open mic for a little while. We're thinking about making it a podcast that I'm not sure if I have that right. We're going to use the title as the podcast. The podcast was going to be about uh, people's sexual evolution called doing it in public. The idea that we're all never changing. How, where are you today in your sexual journey as to, to where you were, you know, growing up as a Jewish boy in Long Island? You know? Sexual can mean a lot of things, right? It can mean things about sex. <laughs> but would that include dating? It could. Without sex? Well, it depends on, yeah, sure, sure. Of all the, of all the things to focus on and center your, or anchor your show on, why did you guys choose that? Kim both met at the end of our marriage. Both of us were in an open marriage. We had to... They were in an open marriage. At the end of our marriages, both of us were. So you both agreed with your spouses at the time? Yeah. And we both kind of were able to experience some things in our 40s that maybe we didn't experience in our 20s and 30s. By the way, do open marriages ever really work? Yeah, for true believers, I think. I mean, yes. my, my novel that you're going to pre-order tonight when you tonight. get to my house. And anyone who's listening will as well. We'll put, uh, yeah. a link. we'll put a link in the no, show notes. It's extremely important that uh, anyone who stays in my house has to buy my book. Dude, I'm, I've got my fucking Venmo account, credit card. No, it's going to go on the Amazon for that. Because it's not out so large. we got pre-order. But here's the deal. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we want to talk about that. We're both big fans of uh, Dan Savage, the Savage Lovecast. I don't know if you don't know what yeah, you Yeah, no, I know that. Um, and, you know, really interesting stuff. And it's interesting. Like, our sexuality does evolve over time. It's not a static thing. And I think young people probably look at older people and think, like, they're just, like, corpses already. But it's not true. I think it, uh, the best sexual experiences I ever had was in my 40s. Now okay. I'm 50, so it's all over. When was your first story story? I don't mean, you know, I'm not talking about you and your buddies. Like, you know, personal story, crafted, maybe for a stage. On a stage? Yeah. When was that? Uh, it was three or four years ago. Was that a local thing here in Massachusetts? Well, my first one, yeah. There was a there's a place called Doyle's, which is closed. It was kind of a, a Boston institution. You know, they had all these pictures of all the, like, Kennedys and whatever, like, uh, in, in Jamaica Plain. It was this kind of old-school kind of bar. And they had a storytelling series there on Sunday nights. And uh, I told my first story there. Right. And the first time I told it, my current wife, at the time we weren't married yet, she was going through a divorce, her husband was also into storytelling. And... We got picked out of the hat back to back. Uh huh. I told a story, and then he told the story. Nice. Uh, so it was pretty intense because we never he, we didn't speak then, and we haven't spoken since. He, he still won't speak to me six years later. You know, I'm the stepfather of his two girls. Did but, you think you were any good that night? No, I wasn't. I tried to pack too much into five minutes. So what's the lesson to be learned from someone who's hearing this that's newer to this? Uh, take on for a five minute story. Yeah, five, six, seven. Yeah, take on one story arc, not multiple yes, strands. Yes, 100%. I, I tried to have multiple strands because I was like, hey, I'm a smart guy. Yep. I can handle it. And that I fires every I could, fucking time. I couldn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, no one can, by the way. No, I mean, going out for a, uh, you know, a carton of milk is, is a five-minute story, if you tell That's, it right. You know? Right. Mine was about going to Egypt and 10,000 other things that fucking happened in Egypt. You know, it's like, that's not right. That didn't work. Takeaway number one, if you're writing a, sh- a five to seven minute story, which is often sort of the time limit, uh, yeah, one thing. Now, I don't actually think a lot of people, and this is going to sound a little snobby, even really know what that 
means, but it's a good starting point. Well, I went the time I went out to get milk, etc., and this and this happened, yada yada. Yes. You know, like, but mine was like it was too big. So yeah, sure. I've, I've had narrower stories. So like the one of the last one I told uh, was uh, a theme was envy, and it was the time when I was a very shy high schooler, didn't know how to talk to girls, and I came home one night on New Year's Eve, which was my birthday, and found this beautiful girl that I had a crush on 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 my neighbor's lawn. Uh, you know, which was attached to my lawn, wanting to see him, and how I didn't take her inside on this freezing cold night, and and how he took her inside and was with her uh, sexually. Do you think he was lying? No, I don't think he was lying at all. I think it was true. He was with a lot of girls back then. I mean, he was probably with more girls in high school, but I've still been in my whole life. But the irony is that since he's been married, he's had a very difficult relationship with his wife and hasn't been with anyone in years and often goes years without being with his wife so got an interesting guy for sure and so I think what you're suggesting here I'm being the annoying host is that you have to have change yeah something even a small little thing if not it's kind of like who cares all, no, all stories are about change. Yes. You know, and, and oftentimes there's a sense of desire. I desire this. You know, do I get it or do I not get it? Yeah, what do you want? Stories, what do you want? The whole story is about how, what you have to do to get that or what you, what you try to do to get that. People will fight that, though. They'll say, no, nah, you don't have to do that. I will say to well, that, if you look at any good story, it might not always clobber you over the head and be obvious, but it's there. Every story is about desire. Oh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, every story is about desire. Is that right? I believe, and uh, why do you think that is? Can we go back to the science well, because, or psychology of story? Well, because since we're in, in, on Earth, where everyone sucks, and you have conflict, so what is getting in the way of you getting what you desire? And that is where you show what you are made of. That's where you reveal yourself. Conflict is the engine that drives the story. Now I agree with you, but what if I were? And I'm sure you've had this because you teach fiction. Yeah. What if someone were to say, "Okay, so what's wrong with a story where I meet a great girl?" Yeah. And um, we fall in love, and I, and that's that's it. And it's told artfully. Well, then it can, and, it can, and, it can and, work and, with very precise language. It can work. Okay, but it, it comes you have to, a lot more pressure. Yeah, to when, make when, it work. when you start taking away things like conflict or character, whatever, then it comes down to the level of the prose. And it has to be high level. Yeah, very high level. So you have to be either very entertaining or very very interesting. Yeah, very so every story needs to. Have the exact same thing, but most do. But if not, then you've got to really step it up on another level. It's like, wow, this writing is orgasmic. You made a sentence you want to comment, you know? And when you're telling a story for the ear, not the eye, for the page, you need to make yourself sympathetic to the character. You right, I think it's even harder to... in some ways to tell that kind of story where you're just just about language. Because with a book, I can put it down, I can think about the beauty of but the But how do you do that? Because, again, you're standing there, so you have to make people care about you. Right. Uh, if you want, you know. There's something that's right. yourself appealing right. to the listener. So if someone were to say, like, it's about a story about me falling in love, I would say, well, there, there's change there, but you have to find it. So there's a lot of change that happens that people aren't recognizing. So, for example, well, you weren't always in love with her. You wanted to fall in love with her. You did fall in love with her. There is tension. Yeah. There is conflict because you don't have yet what you want. Fair? There's always conflict in life. Whether it's external or external. Right now, there's conflict between us. Yeah, because... We're both Jewish. You're coming to my house, and I'm afraid you're going to try and get up on me. Or your wife. <laughs> you really fucked up. She might be like, oh, yeah, it's, at the, it's, it's, it's threesome time. It's Are like, you still in an open relationship? No, but no, not currently. I'm not her type, don't worry. I think she'd like to uh, explore things. Sure. Um, but, uh, 
but, you know, I've been decent at it, but I, I don't know if I've ever been great at it, and that causes me some pain, because I know I have the capability of being great at it, but I don't know if I have the work ethic for this, because first and foremost, I'm a writer, yes. and I also have my job, where I'm a teacher, so I have to put a lot of work in that, so I don't make a ton of time for my storytelling stuff, so I probably could, if I dedicate myself to it 100%, be as good as I want to be, but I've rarely been as good as I want to be in my storytelling because of the multiple things kind of pulling pulling at me. Yeah. It takes some time and work, for sure. Most people aren't just great at it and then wake it and crush it. It doesn't work. No, I, I knew I had the tools to do it. I, I do have the tools. Um, but uh, it gets better the more you do it. How many shows did you produce online when we locked out? Just four. Uh, I stopped just before the George Floyd protest, and that was probably a good thing because I think at that point people weren't sitting at home on Saturday nights anymore. Um, you know, so had like that window. Yeah, and I did. I didn't want to do something that didn't have enough of an impact. We had like pretty decent audiences, and, and again, people were very appreciative at first. I mean, we all needed it. We all right. needed that kind of connection. Yeah. And uh, after her, you know, I'm not bitter that you didn't ask me because I don't think you knew me. I didn't ask you. Maybe you did. I did ask you. That's how I met you. Did I say no? I thought you did one. Was I good? I don't know. I don't have all the recordings got erased because for I, real. I didn't know that Zoom uh, erases them after 180 days if I don't save them. My, up. I don't know what happened to me, but a, my, like a handful of my first shows too on Zoom, they're all fucking erased. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like. I didn't know what I was doing. Do you think there's anything else of value we can talk about for this podcast? Yeah, most things. But like a story, we don't want to talk about everything. We can talk about sex. We can talk about being Jewish. About. But this is a story. This is centered on story in this podcast. All right, being a Jewish person and how uh, being Jewish affects the storytelling. <laughs> I'm not joking. We all come from that tradition. Every sure. Fu- every fucking Jew every year goes through the Passover Haggadah, and there's a story. Not every Jew. Jew does that. Well, many yes, do. every Jew does. Uh, even ones you don't believe in, because it's cool and there's good food. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support and special thanks to Johnny Papers up in Braintree, Massachusetts. Thank you, John. And of course, your lovely wife, Kim. Check the show notes for upcoming events or workshops, whatever we have got lined up. It is there, including the 99 second story slam season five slam three. That is all for episode number 58. Wait for it. Boom.